The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Break. I am hosting today. Derek said, hey, if the team didn't show up to Buffalo, why do I have to show up to work today? No, just kidding. He did not say that. But he'll be back tomorrow, and we'll get into the big picture NFL team since the Cowboys have clinched uh, a spot in the playoffs. But to start off the show, I wanted to let you guys do an opening statement a quick venting session before mm-hmm. we take a deep dive and try to figure out exactly what went wrong and, and, and what happened. Where did they mess up uh, in that tough loss against Buffalo? So, Patrick, vent it away. They uh, they put a gun to their foot and kept pulling the trigger is what they did. And, I mean, for me, it's a domino effect that all leads to, you know, three or four particular items. And we can talk about the officiating, but I won't because it is what it is at this point. Um, but when you talk about four critical penalties that help decide the, the rest of the game, uh, three of those being personal fouls, uh, three of those personal fouls coming on, three of the first four offensive drives by the Bills, it basically spotted them a 18 of their first 21 points made it a 21-3 game on the road, hostile territory with, although weather did participate as the game went on, rain started to happen. So, you know, the passing game wasn't going to be there for you, but you were in a 21-3 hole. You did get an opportunity to answer their first touchdown on their first offensive drive. Uh, Dak misses on the deep shot to, to Cooks. That's a 7-7 tie if it happens. It didn't. Uh, They did recover nicely and kind of move down the field. But then what do you get? You get a holding penalty on Tyler Smith that ultimately puts you in a third and 14. Uh, And then protection issues showed up, and they stayed there for the rest of the game as far as what your O-line was not able to do against guys like Ed Oliver and in Phillips, um, who basically lived in Dak Prescott's personal space. So, uh, and then that forced a punt, so you didn't get any points off of that. So everything just kind of tailspun from there. Uh, but I, I point back, if you look at the, the nucleus of everything that happened, I look at those four penalties in that first quarter or so, and that's the tale of the game for me. This defense, when they have to deal with offensive lines that are committed to running the football, is a problem for them. And it usually stems from the fact that your offense your offense puts a lot of pressure on the opponent's defense to have to play in a game. And when they score points and they make it very difficult, they, they make teams very one-dimensional. And the Cowboys struggle really mightily when they have to deal with teams that, uh, that, uh, that will – you know, will keep pace with them or find a way to get the lead. It doesn't happen very often. But if the Cowboys' offense isn't firing, it hurts their defense because now you get teams like Buffalo. Buffalo was committed to running the football mm-hmm. yesterday. Buffalo realized early in this game that, you know, the pull schemes that they were able to run, we saw a little bit of that when teams, uh, Carolina did it, Arizona did it. Teams have had some success running the ball against Dallas. The 49ers doing it, it when, when they have to deal with 
teams that pull offensive linemen. They'll double your best players, and then all of a sudden now they're putting big blockers on smaller defenders. And that's a big problem for the Cowboys having to deal with that. Uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a, you know, they take advantage of the Dallas defense and the aggressiveness in which they play with. You know, they want to get up the field, they want to attack. But when you're dealing with, when you're having to cover for your lack of linebacker depth or your linebackers that you've lost, you don't have the size to sit in there and play toe-to-toe. And what happens is you get blockers that get up on smaller players, and then all of a sudden you have a little bit of a retreat or you can't get off the blocks. Or when you get off the blocks, then you miss a tackle. And, you know, there were several times in that game yesterday where they had a chance to make a, a stop for a, a you know a short gain, didn't do it, missed a tackle along the way. But in my opinion, all this really starts with your offense, though, because your offense puts so much pressure on the opponent to take them out of that running game and allow them to do what Dallas does best, and that's rush the passer. They never got to that point. Buffalo had no intent of throwing the football yesterday, and it wasn't to do anything with the weather. It's just that James Cook and their offensive line and their tight ends did a great job of, of, of attacking this Dallas defense up front and getting those big blockers on the lighter uh, linebackers who are having to play in roles now because of various injuries throughout the year. So if you get in games where it's pretty similar, you know, if, if again, opponents find a way to stay in the game or stay ahead or get ahead, you're going to have to deal with a lot more running game. That's just the way people – people are terrified of playing you and your pass rush. So the best way to get around that is, and if you're good enough to do it, and Buffalo was good enough yesterday the way that they played defense against Dallas's offense. You know, they took Dallas completely. They, they said, we don't have to throw. We don't even have to, you know, scoring for us is, you know, we're okay now. If we just run the ball, then we'll be fine. And that's what they did. And I, I applaud them for doing that. But that, that the pulling scheme is a problem for the Cowboys just because – of the players that they have in place just cannot handle having to play toe to toe that way. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk more about the Cowboys defense and you mentioned the run and the trending topic right now is size. The size of the defensive players. We yeah. know that Jonathan Hankins, he was out, but regardless yeah. of even if he was in, I feel like the game would have played out pretty much how it did. Uh, in my opinion because there were so many things that went wrong for the Cowboys. But as far as size, yeah. when you talk about they don't have the right size to match up against some of these run heavy type of offenses how do you well, you what have kind to be of changes you, you, can you have you to make? be you have to be or, committed buffalo was committed to running the football yesterday because like you say there was no reason for them not to run the football and and james cook did did cook did a heck of a job there was some stuff that was taken care of that they're defending and all of a sudden he cuts the ball back you know and they're not there the size is, is is an issue just because they're trying to get around not having enough players. They they you know you lose Overshone you you know you lose a uh, uh, Van Der Esch you lose you lose size at linebacker. You know Clark you know Clark is a second year player. Could he play better? Sure he can. There's times where he has played better. They just don't have that ability that that when you get into a game where all of a sudden you have to deal with blockers. And those blockers, when they get up on second level, and it happened a bunch in that game mm-hmm. yesterday, where all of a sudden you got guys like Bell and Clark mm-hmm. and Curse and Wilson and everybody's fighting blocks. They're fighting 300-pounders coming around the corner. 
you know, and now they're dealing with that. What you what are you going to do? You can retreat and then you try and avoid. And by that time, the ball's passed you and it's eight yard gain. You know, size is a problem, but they really don't have an answer currently on the roster to be able to take care of that. They get away with it because opponents are always behind. And people talk about that. You know, they're, they're a team. Dallas is a team built to play with a lead. Well, they really they really are. They rush the passer better than anybody in the league. You know, that's that's an issue. And so what happens when you get somebody that doesn't feel threatened on the scoreboard? They're going to keep running the football at you. And the size is an issue, mm-hmm. but they're having to do it because they don't have any other answers to be able to take care of how to play the scheme. Is there any type of halftime adjustment that no. Dan Quinn could have made? <laughs> no, because the game had already gotten away from them. Yeah. And when you look at the, the, the context of where they were playing and then the rain started to come in yeah. the second half, you're already down big. You can't pass the ball because the rain is starting to come down. They're not going to pass the ball because the rain is coming and they don't have to. They're have using to. James Cook to bully you yeah. and to eat clock. You know, they one time of possession by 10 minutes, almost 10 football minutes. Your defense is getting gassed. It's getting tired. It's getting beat up. Your offense can't get anything going because it can't pass, but it has to pass. But your offensive line is not holding up up front. Pressure is coming left, right, and in the interior. There was nothing that you can do once that train went off of the rails as far as halftime adjustments are concerned. Once that game got away in the late first quarter, in the second quarter, Cowboys were just along for the ride at yeah. that point. Yeah. They were well, just along for you the know, ride. And Patrick makes a really good point about that. I mean, to me, it, when you look at Dallas's adjustment was to try and move the front. And even when they angled or, or, or stemmed or stunted the front, and I mean, not stem, but stem would be moving before snap, but they stunt. So they, they move, they're trying to, they, they move guys to the gap on the snap and then try and fill. Well, then all of a sudden they move and then they get pushed yep. wide. And now the filler meets tackle you know, offensive tackle mm-hmm. pulling right there, kick out. Now you don't have a fill player. Now you're already wide. Now you got guys pinned to the inside. It was it was a it was a clinic on running the football yesterday of mm-hmm. how to. And again, Quinn was trying. He, you know, he, he, I'll tell you what though. The majority of the of successful runs that Buffalo had yesterday in the was seven man box, what they call neutral. So if you go in and you check and you look at the analytics on it, it's neutral. Most of their runs were with neutral box. Seven, could he have put eight in there? Sure, he could have. He, you know, and maybe that, that might have been the answer. And maybe that's the answer going forward. But then okay, then now you kind of alter things in the back end. Does Dallas have somebody, you know, do they trust anybody on the back end? No hooker. Do they trust anybody covering, you know? So all of a sudden they're thinking like we got to play coverage probably for Hooker on the back end. We can't commit the extra guy down in the box. So now now you're in a little bit of a bind right there. Mm-hmm. So he tried to adjust. It's just it, I tell you, Buffalo's defense had a hell of a game yesterday Indeed. too. When you look at the way that they played Dak, you know they didn't allow Dak a lot of four man rush when the blitzes came. We talked about last week slot blitz. Uh, it was a safety blitz that came in there. They picked up a couple of different times. But there were times where they had five guys underneath and then, you know, two guys deep. You know, that four-man rush, five under two deep, and then sometimes they went four under three deep. You know, and they, they just they mixed that coverage throughout, and the Cowboys were trying to run routes into that. And, you know, like, like Patrick's talking about, all of a sudden you're dealing with pressure, and you can't, you can't find the guys. 
you know, all of a sudden it's that they, they kind of clogging it, making it look difficult for you. They did a hell of a job. Really did. I mean, if Dallas could have just run the football the entire, entire game, if Dallas would have got a lead, yeah. they're going to win that game yeah. because of the way Pollard was running the football. Yeah, they were. They had an answer for Buffalo's defense came running the come running the ball. And Buffalo was probably like, "Yeah, we're okay with that." It's the throwing that terrifies us. It's the big plays that terrify us. You know, they 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 did a great job of limiting what Dallas was doing on offense, but it, but they were also said, "Yeah, if you want to run the ball, fine." But we're going to, we're, you know, they felt like that they, them running the football was what helped them. Their defense got a, a huge help by the way that their their offense played by holding the ball and running running the way they did the drives that they had. It was it was the complimentary football from Buffalo that you've seen the last several weeks with Dallas. Uh, and when you talk about Buffalo's defense and how well they played, and yes, they did play damn well. Uh, they only out of what fifty seven defensive snaps, they only blitzed six times. Yeah, that means that. It, t- when you equate that to the amount of pressure and the times they got in Dak Prescott's personal space and got handled him, that means the Bills were winning the one-on-one matchups up front, and that was before Zach Martin left the game yeah. with a quad injury. So it only – and Bass, he he was solid at times, yeah. but at the same time, if Zach Martin is struggling against this front, then you got to know that T.J. Bass is going to yeah. struggle as well. So because the Bills were winning the front four, I mean, they dropped back in zone almost 90% of the time, yeah. but it doesn't matter because the pressure is there, right? And then you mix in a blitz here, a blitz there, but it wasn't a ton of blisses. It was just the fact that the Cowboys' offensive line, uh, they were losing their one-on-ones consistently time and time again, and when you're down big, and you're down big on the road, and now it's starting to rain, they're just teeing off now. They're just teeing off. They want you to drop back and pass. Yeah, Pollard started to... Pollard was pretty solid because they couldn't do much, but at the same time, then they didn't care. It was 21-3. We don't care. Run the ball. Because when we get the ball, if you're the Bills, when we get the ball, we're going to run it, and we're going to keep running it, and the clock's going to start ticking, and the pressure's going to start getting on you because you're going to say, oh, we're running out of time. So guess what you're going to do? Five-step drop, seven-step drop, sack, pressure, hit, hurry. They, Dak Prescott said yesterday they got beat by the formula. He's absolutely correct. They got beat by the formula. Well, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll keep uh, dissecting some of the things that happened and what went wrong offensively. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. How about this one? Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by Invisalign. Don't miss your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium. On December 22nd and 23rd, celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at dallascowboys.com slash camps. Thank you, Brian. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break, presented by Blockchain.com. There we go. So we still have to talk about penalties, play Mm -hmm. calling, road games, and all of that. But before, I wanted to ask you more, uh, talk more about the offense. You know, you mentioned the rain, and we know it was raining. And yeah, that was a factor. But let's say the first half of the game. It wasn't raining. The rain was gone. And I thought, okay, well, then that gives you the possibility to exploit uh, the passing game and take good use of that because they've been so good. And coming off a three-home game winning streak, that's good. Scoring lots of points. Where was exactly the disconnect? Everything seemed like they weren't on time. Dak wasn't in sync with, with the... Uh, receivers. So wh- where was the major disconnect on everything that was h- going wrong on the offense? Well, for me, and again, you can't blame the weather, but um, not even but. You can't blame the weather. The fact is they, they were just not connecting like they should have. We talked in the first segment about uh, that overthrow to Cooks. Cooks has his guy toasted. Yeah, like, it's He's absolutely smoked. Uh, and if that ball can get, you know, dropped in there and we've seen Dak drop that in there before but he didn't drop it in there then that's seven seven tie that's a fantastic answer to the opening drive that you had a personal foul on that gave them four more points that they shouldn't have had but you don't get that and then what do you get on that drive yellow flag it's a penalty it's holding on Tyler Smith which for as magnificent as Tyler Smith has been at left guard he's drawn some holding penalties uh this season as well and some of those a lot of those have been st- uh, drive killers and this particular one turned into a drive killer because it forced them into a third and 13 third and 14 and Bills who were already you know getting ramped up getting pressure up front they went and got Dak Prescott forced them into a punt second offensive drive you basically stalled on that one uh, fair catch and then play action pass to Cooks that was almost an interception that told you right there that this was not going to be a good passing day for Dak Prescott in the offense Uh, a couple plays later third and 10 he gets pressured he escaped um, but it was incomplete it was lost on the pressure fourth and 10 you're punting that ball so at that point now what happens the Bills come and they score again with with more assistance from a penalty personal foul and again at that point it just started coming off the rails and the Cowboys were just along for the ride then well, penalties. Yeah. Uh, this is a problem and an issue that goes all the way back to last year. Uh, we've. I feel like we always, always have to talk about penalties and, and not being disciplined enough. Yeah. And it came down to this game where they had huge penalties that cost them. I, would, I forgot the total of points that it would have led to had they not had those penalties. I said that wrong, but you get what I mean. The well, point is. Was it 16? Yeah, it was 18. First, 18? take 18 points 18. away. 
Yeah. That was 18 total... points away. And then take them away from, uh, put them in the context of when they happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you take those 18 points away of those 21, then even with the Cowboys mistakes, it's a three, three game. It It's a massive swing yeah. in momentum and potential for the Bills and the Cowboys. And again, we could argue like I, I do believe the, the foul on tank was ticky tack. But OK, you know, don't extend your arms like that. Yeah, Josh Flop, but he don't extend your arms like that if you're tank. I don't know J- what what else there is J- to Ron, say on the this. J- the J-Ron curse penalty. Wholly disagree. Like, let them play football. He didn't lower his head. Should he allow him to catch the ball? But I don't want to get off onto a tangent as far as officiating because the officials, although they were questionable, they're questionable every week. That's yeah. why I say it is what it is in that capacity. But when it comes to the Cowboys, that holding penalty in Tyler, that's that's a true penalty. Yeah. That's holding. The Sam Williams penalty, yeah, it should have been 15, should have been five. That's, a, that's an argument. However, it's still a penalty. So you don't go on the road and win with self-inflicted wounds that award the other team 18 points before the second quarter, uh, middle of the second quarter gets underway. You're going to lose those games, especially against top-tier teams, especially against top-tier teams who are fighting for a playoff spot. You have to play clean football, and that's the biggest discrepancy between what the Cowboys do at home. They're penalized at home, but it's more forgivable at home because you're not dealing with as many elements working against you at home. When you're on the road, the margin of error, razor thin, so you can't have those mistakes, and they had them, so they got walked. Wish Mike would have challenged the fumble. He said he— Good good point, I would. I agree. I I mean, I, I know that he didn't challenge it, I would have considered using a timeout. That's just that, that, that's, that's that's the one. I'm not asking you to throw the flag. I'm that's asking you to use a timeout and give your guys upstairs an opportunity to one. look at it. Perfectly mm-hmm. said. You know, because to me, it, it, it's at that point in time, the game is really not going well for you. You yeah. need something to maybe swing it the other way. The the block punt could have swung it the other way. Matter of fact, Dallas could have blocked two punts in this game. You know, and I think that's why Bones went for it on the second one. I mean, they get they get Williams home. Obviously, we all have seen that. But I wish Mike would have thought about using a timeout in that situation, even even if it's just to you burn a timeout. And I get it; it's timeouts are valuable. But to me, that's the point in time in the game where you're yeah. kind of like going, whoa, whoa, whoa. 100%. We, we see it in the NBA and basketball or college basketball. They will call timeouts to stop runs. You know, if somebody feels like that the game is getting out of hand mm-hmm. or somebody's coming back on you, you will burn a timeout to stop the flow of the game. And I think Mike missed an opportunity to stop, to stop the flow of the game. That clearly his, his guys upstairs could have gotten a look. They could have said, Mike, challenge this. We're going to get this ball back right there. And so it was unfortunate right there. But that's the flow of things that happen in the game. When Dallas loses, things like this tend to happen to them. You know, they don't play really good great run run defense. They get affected by dropping seven in coverage. They don't get a block punt. They get penalties, you know. I mean, they haven't had a whole hell of a lot of these. But but something right there, Mike could have maybe affected the game in a way that could have turned it into his team's favor. They let it go, uh, and and that's the unfortunate thing with the with mm-hmm. happens sometimes. Which is no different from in, in everything you laid out. The more you laid that out, Brian, the more I started to have flashbacks of Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, how the game went in Philadelphia. You get you know the you get the uh, the force fumble, but it bounces back in their favor. Right. Uh, yeah. Swift drops the ball, fumble, but it bounces back under him. Um, Dak steps out of bounds. Schoolmaker's knee is one inch too short. Uh, holding penalty or false start. I'm sorry, false start on the potential game winning drive that ended up 
you know, driving you back when you were right there in, you know, uh, range to score. So it, it goes to the overarching point of the overarching point of when you're on the road, you can't make as many mistakes. When you're on the road against a good team, that margin becomes that much smaller. You got to play damn near perfect football. And the Cowboys were far from that. And that's why you see how they lost against the Bills. You see the loss against Philadelphia. Uh, and although the one in week five is different from these two. I would still argue because there was no competitive fire in Santa Clara no, against the 49ers. Still goes to the fact that when you're on the road, you better you better man up and play clean football and execute. And in these three losses on the road against top-tier teams, it's because you did not. You were sloppy and or you didn't compete as you should have. And then you look at what happened with the Bills. I mean, they allowed James Cook to rack up uh, yeah. more yardage than anyone since Todd Gurley did it in 2017. <laughs> Yeah, it, very reminiscent of that playoff game against the Rams <laughs> way back, you know, with when Dak, when the first couple of years Dak was in the league. And yeah, I mean, to me, it I, I came out of the game thinking that Dallas just got physically beat up. When you watch the tape of the runs and stuff, like Cook did a really nice job. His vision was fantastic. Vision was incredible. Yeah. And, and But their blocking scheme was on point yesterday with the way that they were able to get on guys. And it... It wasn't like you, you've kind of felt like, okay, they just dominated. But when you get guys that are pulling and you get double teams and get guys pinned to one side and you get guys trying to, you know, fill and they can't get there or, you know, they have some confusion of like, oh, you're supposed to be there, I'm supposed to be here. And then all of a sudden they run the ball right to that spot. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the types of things like Patrick's talking about when you play on the road. You just can't have that. You know, you just can't have that. They didn't get beat up, but they – that the scheme that the, the the offensive scheme for Buffalo was outstanding running the football and their defensive scheme the way that they defended Dak was even better. Josh Allen was seven of fifteen, yeah. ninety four yards with one touchdown, and the Cowboys lost thirty one to ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, figure it's that embarrassing. one out. Yeah, figure it's that embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But back to Mike McCarthy. Um, other than him not calling a timeout or throwing a I wish we should just call the timeout to look at it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That was I mean, if, yeah. If, you, if you challenge it, I get it. You don't want to waste a challenge. But at that point in time, you are reeling. You need to do something different. Just no, yeah, and we, we all burn agree it. on that. Yeah. Um, but other than that moment, how would you guys um, evaluate his play calling in that game they didn't i'll tell you what though to me it didn't have the it didn't have the it didn't have the look of a team that had the, the options that they had in that game the, the usually with dallas when you watch them play you see a lot of really cool route combinations the best route combination that they had in that game yesterday was the one that went to Cooks that was incomplete. They had another one where actually Dallas, the corner route to CeeDee Lamb that went for like 16 yards near the sidelines. Tolbert's got to run faster. I've seen Tolbert run faster to clear that guy. That should have been a, a clean catch. That shouldn't even been contested. If, if Tolbert takes off running, he's carrying – Taylor Rapp out of there, and it's just a clean catch for CD steps out of bounds. Okay, but you look at the the best route combination they had yesterday was the one that they missed the Cooks. I mean, it was Lamb across. All of a sudden, Rapp comes up. Now you have no safety in the middle of the field. That's what I'm used to seeing with the Dallas Cowboys. It mm -hmm. just seemed very much week one, week two, week three kind of offense yesterday, and maybe that's because the Buffalo Bills were not allowing you to do anything that you normally do. You know, we, we've seen, we've seen Dak deal with the, with deal with teams that have dropped people into coverage, 
you know, and then, and then if you're getting pressure, it makes it doesn't make it any easier, you know, to have to deal with that. There was one time that they ran a route. Uh, what sack was it? They had it might have been the, the, the well the sack by Phillips. They missed the twist stunt, but the. Uh, Think you're about to go to? Yeah, no, it's the head. sack by Russo, uh, Russo third and Dotson. Yeah, third and one. Third and one. Okay, Play now, action. now if you want to, now if you want to be a little that, nitpicky here, on. I've seen. By the way, uh, uh, Hunter Lipke, sir, much better job as a blocker yesterday mm-hmm. as a as a fullback. If you want to see a positive Pollard running the ball, Hunter Lipke, great job of going and digging guys out yesterday. Maybe he's turned the corner there. That's good. But third and one, they're going to throw the ball. They get sacked by Russo and Dotson on the play. Uh, ball gets beat off the line. Schoonmaker's struggling with Russo. Dotson blitzes seeing that Dowdle's going to help pick up help pick up Phillips mm-hmm. because, you know, he he's uh, he's he, the, the guards beat off the ball. So that leaves Dotson free. Lamb is open on the route. He's going, he's going out, he's going up and then out, and he's open. But that can't get him the ball mm-hmm. because you got you got the blitzer, pressure. you got pressure, you got a miss block by your guard, you've got a you've got a back that's trying to help for the miss block of the guard, and then now all of a sudden the the linebackers like being a football player is like okay if that guy's going to block it's called you know he's going to he's going to say okay that my key's blocking I'm going to come rush. Hmm. That's what happened. Now you got two guys in Dak's face. Well, here's the here's here's a guy here's Lamb open in the secondary, but you mm-hmm. can't get him the ball. So that's the kind of day that they endured yesterday. And, and as far as the a lot play, of missed opportunities. Yeah, as far as the play calling is concerned, um, I mean, I was going to lead with for the most part, uh, McCarthy got forced into uh, a play calling situation he didn't want to be in. Uh, you're down twenty-one-three now. You got to throw your way out yeah. of it. Yeah. You got to throw your way out of it on the road. And hey, by the way, rain is starting to move in, so good luck with that. And the Bills just took full advantage of that. So for the most part, once he was forced and you know with the back against the wall, the play calling mostly was fine. It was lack of execution for whatever reason. You know the the time. Timing between receivers, the ball was a little bit high here, it was a little bit high there, it was a little bit out there, it was a little bit in there, it was just not in the windows that you normally see it from Dak. And of course, that goes to in the second half, it, the rain started to come down pretty steadily. Bills knew that, that they were playing for that, right? They know that, okay, you're going to have to throw from behind to win and it's going to start raining here shortly. So, masterful gamesmanship by the, by the Bills. But uh, kind of going to what Brian said, and this is the one that I circled, actually, in my in my game notes, it's highlighted in red, italicized, underlined, and in bold. Third and one, that play-action pass, yeah. um, uh, Mike wants that back. Because over the course of the game before that point, that was fifth Cowboys drive, so it was third quarter, they were down 21-3, and the Bills had already shown they can get pressure on your quarterback. Yeah. Time and time again. And mostly with four-man fronts. Not with the added blitz, mostly yeah. with four-man fronts. If you're going to call that play on third and one, because on that same drive they had a third and one, they handed it to Lipke. That actually happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Handed it to Lipke. It was a conversion. So they're making some moves here. They had a, a quick flat. The Pollard, Ferguson got it. So you're moving. You're moving to start this quarter. But then what do you do? Third and one, instead of a straight drop to give Dak that extra moment, for that receiver to get open, you do a play action. Play so by the time he's done with the play action, that play's over. That play's over. So it's not so much the play call that it is for me as far as I would have preferred them handed the ball. But if you insist on trying to pass the ball in that situation because you need a big play, he said they were minus six on mm-hmm. big plays in the mm-hmm. first half. Okay, don't play action that way. Yeah. Just do a straight drop mm-hmm. to give Dak a chance because that that offensive line was having a hell of a time against that defense. So play actions were out the window in the second half for me. So when I saw it and on a play like that, 
Uh, and then what did it do? It ended up in a punt, and now the Bills get another uh, drive, and then they tackle on three, 24-3, and here we go. They're just building the lead at this point. Here we go. Here we, uh, in, the, in the wrong direction. In the wrong it, it wasn't here we go. It was here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we have a new segment I like to call What the Heck is Happening on the Road. It's a long time. What? what? <laughs> yes. Uh, some supposedly, quote, unquote, food poisoning. We'll talk injuries oh. and more after this break. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Get a frame-worthy family photo with Santa at the Star, presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District through December 24th. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. I miss Derek. Because I haven't been able to just like f- do my full venting session. Well, you ran. No, go no. Ahead. Okay, you go. I'm, no, go no, 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 no. I'm the mature one here today. The today. composed today. one. Today. Just today. I'll bring it tomorrow. Today. But today, what the heck bring is happening tomorrow, on dude. the road? That's my new segment. What's, what the heck is happening on the road? Yes. The margin of error is much more thin, especially against a really good team. Um, so when you make a simple mistake, it becomes a massive mistake on the road. A simple mistake at home becomes a massive mistake on the road. At AT&T Stadium, with the way the Cowboys have been playing, if they get you know that personal foul against Tank on that opening drive against the opposition, giving them four extra points, so now it's 7-0, 
guess what? On the next drive, that's probably a touchdown pass to Cooks and all as well. And you forget for the most part about that. Uh, that J. Ron curse penalty, whether you agree with it or not, it happened. Maybe you can overcome that at home, but you don't overcome that in Buffalo on the road when the rain is starting to come down um, against a team that is running the ball down your throat and is getting pressure on your quarterback virtually at will. So I know Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy said yesterday, Mike said, quote, unquote, it's too big of a gap as far as the play level of play between home and on the mm-hmm. road. He's absolutely correct. And Dak said he's trying to put a finger on it. Mike said, uh, Micah said he's trying to put a finger on it as well. Um, some of it is intangible, but some of it is tangible. Penalties, those types of self-inflicted wounds, execution. Those happen at home yeah, too. execution, but they're, they're more easily overcome at home because you're, it's tougher to demoralize a team on their own field. Um, so I think you would have seen more fight at AT&T Stadium once the game started to get off the rails than you would have seen in Buffalo or Philadelphia or obviously in, in Santa Clara out with the 49ers. And this is something that has to be cleaned up. Like you can't talk about being a Super Bowl contender and have these and be three and four on the road mm-hmm. and have your execution be an issue on the road and your offense turn all the way down on the road And especially in a situation where, depending on what happens with the Seahawks and Eagles, guess what you might have to do to get to the Super Bowl? Play on On the the road road. every single game. Hell, even the Super Bowl is on the road, right? So even if things fall in your favor and you win the lottery and you you went out from here and the Eagles lose out from here and the 49ers stumble, if you win the lottery and lightning strikes and you get first uh, the top spot and you get home field advantage, Super Bowl ain't at home. Right. Learn how to win on the road and learn now. Yeah, the whole thing uh, concept, I can't, I cannot put the finger on it. I cannot figure it out because it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, certain things you can talk about, like whether they're sleeping at their house or not or sleeping at a hotel or having to travel. But it's not big enough of a reason as to why you should be playing the way that you play on a field. Brian, is there anything that you can maybe try to make some sense of it? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I think offensively against Philadelphia on the road, you were good enough to win the game. You just weren't good enough at the end. You know, I think Dak played well. They they did what they had to do. Um, At home, and I've said this before, they make teams very one-dimensional. They make one-dimensional because what happens is they put so many points on the board. They create, you know, the uh, opponents get into a bind because all of a sudden you you're you're down in a game. Dallas will find a way to um, if uh, defensively they turn you over at home. They do a great job of you know, creating pressure at home. Uh, you know they they get you to punt at home, and then all of a sudden Dallas's offense will put up you know 21 points quick. They get a pick six. You know that thing turns into points. All of a sudden opponents are dealing with the Cowboys. You know and they're down you know, 28 to, to three or something like that in a game. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can't run the ball. You can't do what you need to do. So, you know, the problem is they, they, don't, they don't have that ability to put teams in a bad spot on the road offensively. Uh, they just haven't been able to, uh, you know, they haven't manufactured enough offense. They surely didn't do it at Arizona. They had problems in that game, uh, manufacturing offense. They had problems in Santa Clara. You know, they couldn't get open. Uh, but, you know, those were the first two weeks before the bye. So maybe it was something about the offense there. I mean, you had two really bad games before you made the offensive switch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think to me that the, that the Cowboys put so much pressure on you offensively that it affects the way that opponents play you. And you haven't been able to do that as well. 
You know, especially yesterday, you just couldn't. The Philadelphia game, like I said, I think Dallas played well enough offensively to get the game to get the win. You know, the other couple losses were pre pre buy, but that yesterday was uh, that was a clear example to me that if you don't score enough or you don't put enough pressure on the opponent, that they will they will commit to doing something to Dallas that they're not really great at. And that's playing run defense consistently. And, uh, you know, we saw it in, in the game against uh, the Carolina Panthers. Even though the Panthers lost, you know, it, they ran the ball well. Yeah. And they hadn't run the ball well all year, you know. So we, you know, and then yesterday you got a really big dose of, of a team that was committed to it because they're terrified of there was no threat of, of your offense doing anything in the game. And your your defense, they kept you from rushing the passer, which they absolutely wanted to do. And so they went at what Dallas does worst, and that's play run defense. Yeah, um, and it's going to be tough for them to figure out quickly because they haven't <laughs> – the next couple of teams that are coming up on the schedule, I mean, they can run the ball. Believe it. Yeah, yeah. And with and when you're talking about Miami, you're also talking about with speed. Yeah. And that was one thing they struggled with with Cook because not only was his vision superb yeah. last night, but so was his quickness and speed. When he decided that he was going to put his foot in the ground and go, he yeah. was gone, and mm-hmm. they had a hard time tracking him down. So to your question about size, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, sacrificing size at the linebacker position, um, be it voluntary or voluntarily or involuntarily, because you're losing LVE, that's involuntary, right? right? Um, but Marquise Bell, for example, you get speed and quickness there, but you lose uh, the mass. Bulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lose the bulk, perfect word. So you lose the bulk there. Um, now you're going against a guy in like A-Chain, for example, who you would like to think that's a favorable matchup for a guy like Marquise Bell. But then you look and see how Bell struggled against Cook, and now you kind of start to wonder a little bit. So the Dolphins, I mean, they, they can run the ball. They've got horses back there. And the Cowboys, you know, <laughs> you would love to believe, uh, and history proves that they don't lay two eggs in a row when it comes to something like this. But it's also true that they're going to have two hands full against that Dolphins rushing attack. Don't, don't stress me out yet. Uh, that We'll talk about that later in the week. Yeah, <laughs> How are you gonna... it's, it's just 49 run plays, and the Cowboys uh, had two run yeah. stuffs. Yeah. Two run stuffs out of 49 run plays. And yeah. Evans was the best run defender yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be very, very tough to handle. They better clean it or up. F- it, and it's hard because that has been an issue. Um uh, the run defense, the Cowboys have struggled with that, regardless of having Hankins or not. It, it obviously having it's, Hankins, it, it helps, and you can see a clear difference they, when he's on the field. But still, that has been. But Cooks was burning the edge. Yeah, but they never had anybody. Buffalo committed to running the football yesterday. Threw the ball fifteen times. You know, I mean, that's that's what you do if you want to if you want to beat Dallas, and if you can play good enough defense to not like you know they limited Dallas's big plays. Yeah. They they didn't give Dallas any big plays, yep. so all of a sudden now you're limiting their big plays. You're you're winning the scoreboard right now. Heck yeah, you run the ball against Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know you're like, listen, I I don't want their pass rush to get after me today. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they could play run defense today. And it wasn't all about Hankins because some of the stops that the, some of the runs that they made, well, the majority of the runs that they had, I was looking at just the metrics of it: outside left, outside right. I mean, they had outside left, they had 10 carries for 82 yards. This is, this is Cook. Eight, 10 carries, 82 yards. That's 8.2 yards per carry going outside left. 
That's four. They had four runs of ten plus over there. That's an eighty percent success rate of running over there. You know, they, it wasn't all the inside runs. Wasn't what killed you. It was his ability to get to the to get to the edge. Mm-hmm. There was a, a hundred and a hundred and thirteen yards just running on the edge of his of his uh, of his carries yesterday. It didn't matter. Eight point two outside left. Seven point eight outside right. 4.6 inside left, and then 7.2 inside right. Didn't matter. You just take the ball wherever they wanted to go yesterday. Yep. Dallas didn't have an answer for that. Uh, they did not. Oh, man. And, and well, look at these yards per uh, – look at these yards allowed by each individual. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, one of your best run defenders, period. He allowed 5.1. Uh, let's see. I'm going to the linemen, the linebackers. Michael Parsons, 5.9. Again, Rashawn Evans, he played well in the run defense, only 3.6. Allow Osa, usually stout, 5.3. Dono, 5.3. The list goes on and on. Most of these guys are uh, averaging. Mozzie, 5.8. Ghoston, 5.8. Dorrance, 5.0. Cook had his way. Yeah. And it, it basically was exactly what the Bills wanted. They didn't want to pass the no, ball. No, hell no. Hey, Allen, he, it, you know, that, that deep middle crosser to Diggs notwithstanding, he took a couple deep shots, and those balls were not no. there for him. Mm-mm. And that was basically McDermott, McDermott saying, okay, let's let's see. And then it didn't happen. He was like, okay, let's go back to running the ball. Well, yeah, Joe Brady got smart. I mean, he, he, helped, he helped Buffalo's defense yesterday. And he, he, the, way that he, you know, the way he kept Dallas's offense off the field, uh, that was impressive. That was impressive work by the Bills in in that situation, winning it. And they always talk about complimentary football, and that's that was a great example of complimentary football yes, yesterday. It was. Yep. All right. Before we end the show, wanted to ad- address super quickly this rumor, and I said rumor because it has not been confirmed by anybody <laughs> on this building. I roll. Yeah, yeah. But but since it's circulating social media and we've heard it, there's some rumor going around that supposedly. Some players ate something, and that gave them food poisoning the night before the game. We have not heard any of this. You have not, Brian. Patrick has not. not. So uh, I don't know who came up with this, and it's just a rumor. We'll see later if anything. It's a great excuse. I'll buy it if it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The other thing, real quick. Don't blame the pizza. Don't blame the pizza. Super, super quick before we go. Injuries. We'll know more about it later. We yeah. do know that everybody returned to the game with the exception of Zach Martin. Mm-hmm. He did injure his quad. And he said after the game how it feels better knowing that is his quad and not his, not his, knee. his knee. It could have been his knee yeah, very, which easily, been, been very easily. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been worse. And he was feeling very positive as far as like mm. going through rehab and everything this week and being able to be available for the game in Miami. So injuries, any other injuries that you guys are concerned Not about? Not right now, today? but what I would say for Zach Martin is I, I love his optimism, but it's a quad bruise and it's going to feel different this morning than yeah. it did last mm-hmm. night. Um, so let's see how it goes as far as his treatment is concerned, um, as far as his availability goes. He's optimistic. McCarthy's optimistic. But again, um, when Zach woke up this morning, 100% guarantee you it felt much different. So yeah. but Britt, Britt and you know Jim and those guys, they obviously do an excellent, excellent job. So let's see if they can get him ready because they're going to need they're going to need Zach. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that is it for today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Derek should be back, and we'll start talking about Food the poison? NFL. No, but we'll talk about playoffs tomorrow. Sick of the play on the Yeah, road. he said I ain't showing up if they yeah. didn't show up. 
Again, just kidding. That's just out of my mouth. Uh, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Member Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?